0: so the red light is rolling and it's uh, fantastic to be joined uh, today with uh, Mr. Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, mate. Thank you very much. Very good. Yes. Good. And um, we're joined again by Mr. James Adcroft. James, are you able to just introduce yourself for the listeners, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Mike. Hi, Pete. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to uh, to join you today. Again, my name is James Adcroft. I'm a compliance Manager, Transport Compliance Manager for a UK-based transport operator. Uh, not that I'm here today on behalf of the people I work for, just here today to have a conversation with you about uh, the topic of the day.
0: Appreciate the, that, yeah. Very hot exciting. topic at the moment. Yeah, very hot topic. So I'll, I'll, I'll sort of kick things off. We're going to be talking about the driver cpc consultation and the podcast is going to form two parts we're going to talk talk the first part now and a bit later on uh, you'll be able to listen to a part two where we're going to talk about returning drivers to uh, to, to commercial goods use i th- think there could be some sequels to this as well yeah, yeah i think there'll as probably be some more in the future yeah. <laughs> um I th- this episode very much comes with a caveat for me in in the show notes there is a link to the consultation document online. Uh, Please do go and look at that. And there is also a webinar available around the DCPC. So we recommend that you go and review those 2 I'm going to share a little bit of fact Uh, directly off the consultation website uh, which is going to lead us into having a conversation we're going to be uh, we're going to be avoiding discussing uh, the facts so to speak it's more our interpretation or understanding of what we see but please do take it as that that is just our interpretation and speculation uh, as our as our thoughts on the consultation Uh, if you do want the facts of the consultation please do follow the link in the show notes Uh, please do attend the webinar this is a very complex consultation it's a very complex thing um and if you rely solely on listening to the podcast i i don't think we're going to be able to cover every base in the time we've got the podcast we're just going to have a look at some highlights um and and have a bit of discussion around that and it's very much for raising you know take this podcast as raising awareness Having some points of interest raised, um, a bit of entertainment hopefully, and you'll enjoy listening. Um, but otherwise, if you want to see the facts, please do go and visit the website. Have you guys got anything to add to that? Is uh, it, that is that sort of where we're at? Yeah, as well Yeah, uh,
2: just just before we we start uh, consultations, at being a formal civil servant, God, that sounds posh, doesn't it? <laughs> being a formal civil servant, uh, you know, government. We have to, you know, be very very <laughs> proud in this country of. W- our government, and I say that I say that with no tongue in cheek. The way this country is governed is is incredibly democratic, and it's the most precious thing we hold, uh, really, for, for you know, as a society. Government consult, but the trouble is, people don't very rarely engage with that consultation. As a civil servant, it is not your views or opinions that are meant to be um, foisted upon the population. We rely on people bringing those views to us. What do you want? We govern for you. The, the you know the civil service is in the service of the people. So, uh, if people don't engage with that part of the democratic process, nothing ever will change the way they hope or want it to. So please, 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 Mom beg beg you to rather than go on Facebook and just say. Driver CPC should be scrapped. Let's be positive. And if you have some views on it, whatever those views may be, be, some of that stuff may be valid. So please get onto the consultation and let people know your thoughts and views. But that, So that's me. That's my party political broadcast on
0: behalf of the civil service. Thank you very much. James, what, what are your thoughts just before we get cracking and into sure, the content? Sure, yeah,
1: thanks, Pete. The way I'd uh, give an introduction is... Um, <clears throat> The thing about driver CPC, <coughs> unlike some of the other topics that have been discussed on the podcast or that we deal with in our in our day to day lives in the industry, is that this is almost definitely going to affect everybody. Yeah, we, we've talked in the past about London issues, uh, specific vehicle issues, international issues that, that might affect certain sectors this topic is going to affect pretty much everybody so everybody's going to have a view it's going to it's going to be contentious with lots of discussion and rightly so and like mike says direct your discussion towards the consultation and and have your voice heard Uh, as you said in your introduction pete it, it, it's um, there's a lot of detail there so I think it'd be good we can headline some of the things that we can pick out from the consultation and, and have some interesting discussion around it it's a big topic and there's going to be a lot of discussion from a lot of people absolutely yeah. the thing I would say I'd love to start out by saying if I can draw a little line which Mike touched on a moment ago let's draw a line very quickly driver CPC is not going to be scrapped. No, and I think yeah. that we see that a lot as a view on Facebook. Uh, we see that a lot That's when not we're a consultation. About, <laughs> we're not, when we hear that when we're out and about talking yeah. to people. I would urge people who want to uh, assert that view. It's probably not going to add much value. Let's talk about how it's we positive. can improve and what we can do. But if you if you're yeah. in your hat on driver CPC being scrapped, then you're probably going to waste some of your energy. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: absolutely. So um, th- there is a part of the, the the consultation. I'm not going to lose my spot where, where I'm ready to talk from in a moment, but there is a spot. If you read the whole of the consultation later on, there is a, ca- a background of driver CPC, and there is a statistic shared in there, which is 85% of all driver respondents said they had a better understanding of road safety off the back of driver CPC. So therefore the consultation is very much around amending the cpd element of it uh not doing away with it um and that that is part of the consultation a bit later on obviously the link like you say uh like i say is in the show notes and you can have a scroll through and read of it yourself but uh this is yeah this is absolutely um absolutely that so um I think uh i think it's it's, it's quite exciting and, and actually i think if if the goal of this podcast is to actually get people to listen and go do you know what i'm going to voice my mm. opinion on that consultation i think that's a very worthwhile goal for this session um and and that, and that is you know the the, the more diverse the opinion the, the better the feedback i think the the better the result for everyone uh, or, or the majority of people because um, ultimately there's going to be an outcome that some people's not going that you know people aren't going to like um and like you say it is contentious so um so i'm going to kick things off looking at the uh looking at the link online there there's an initial executive summary so the Driver CPC, DCPC as I'm going to refer to it just to save my tongue, uh, is a qualification that professional drivers of certain goods or passenger carrying vehicles must hold in addition to their driving licence. It was introduced into domestic law as a result of EU legislation and in the UK it is initially obtained by completing four tests consisting of a two-part theory test, case studies, a practical driving test, a practical demonstration of vehicle operation. Drivers maintain the DCPC by completing 35 hours of periodic training every five years and Completing 35 hours of training allows a driver to drive for commercial purposes for five years. DCPC is currently required for drivers holding the following licence categories. C, C e, C1, C1E, D, one d e, D1, D1E. Uh, this consultation seeks views on proposed changes to DCPC. These changes will only apply to driving journeys within Great Britain, extending to Northern Ireland, if authorities there agree. Mm. Uh, drivers wishing to drive to, from or within the EU will still need to comply with the existing requirements. This is because they are contained within the UK-EU Trade and Cooperation Agreement, or abbreviated to TCA, as well as other UK international obligations which the government cannot change unilaterally. The proposed changes will therefore create two parallel qualifications for driving in Great Britain and Northern Ireland. A national DCPC, which I refer to as NDCPC, which is the subject of this consultation, and an international DCPC, an IDCPC, the existing TCA-compliant regime. That is the existing regime we have now. Both will permit driving journeys domestically, but only the IDCPC will permit driving to, from, or within the EU. The proposed changes will only impact drivers who are maintaining their DCPC or regaining their dcpc for drivers who previously held one but let it lapse and we're going to do two parts on this podcast the first is around maintaining the dcpc and we're going to do a second part about the regaining part Uh, this is known as periodic renewal these changes will look to amongst other things reform training for example by allowing shorter course modules offer drivers the alternative of taking a test instead of completing training for maintaining or regaining the DCPC. Changes will not affect how DCPC is initially obtained. So the initial obtaining of the DCPC is to remain unchanged. Okay, this is only for maintaining or regaining the DCPC or periodic renewal. The changes to establish the NDCPC will result in two further options for drivers, a reformed training route or a periodic test route. It is proposed that successful completion of either route would enable a driver to drive for five years if both options of NDCPC are taken forward. It will mean drivers seeking to drive within GB and NI could have three ways to periodically renew their DCPC. And that's the end of the executive summary. The rest of it is, is sort of going into uh, various objectives. And I encourage people to go and have a have a read and have a listen to those. But it's fairly complex stuff, guys, isn't it? Yeah. I tell you, just 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 before, I know James is going to have a look at the consultation
2: and where we are with that. Um just before we just I know what a lot of people's hackles will be raised when they hear the word EU and they'll say, well, this is European legislation. But I would cast people's minds back to the early part of the 2000s when we were going through another period of driver shortage. And it was actually the UK government, uh, along with the Germans, who instigated um DCPC in the very first place and the objective of DCPC was to professionalise the industry and it also allowed the EU to reduce the age at which a driver could uh, acquire a, a vocational licence. So one of the conditions for, for holding a vocational licence at 18 is the initial driver CPC. So let's, let's just not lose track of where driver CPC came from. It is not something that was foisted upon us by the EU. It was a joint response that was accepted by the EU and brought into legislation in order to combat an earlier driver shortage. I've learned something
0: there. That's mm-hmm. quite yeah. interesting. interesting. That interesting. was interesting. Yeah, yeah. 2003, I and I think that's a really nice way of actually framing the conversation today.
1: So, yeah, sure. So, and, and and off the back of that, Mike, I would say that for those, and I'm not going to get political, but for those yeah. who are enthused by our separation from the EU and the opportunities that brings, this is what that is. This is an so opportunity. This is this absolutely. Is, this is um, uh, UK legislators being able to say we, we, we're not going to, we don't have to be bound by the rules in the EU, we can do something with this particular statute yes. um, that's different in the UK, so perhaps this, some people this is are a, encouraged As a result of Brexit, yeah, you know, absolutely,
2: and, and, you know, as I say, without getting political, this could be seen as a positive result could, of Brexit. It could, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. So,
1: so this, this consultation, arguably, we, we've been hoping, industry has been hoping to have a consultation on driver CPC for some time, because, you know, re- reform is, is, is worthwhile, Uh, But I think it would be fair to say that what brought it to the forefront, as you've just mentioned, Mike, a couple of years ago, was when post-COVID driver shortage really, really put some tension on on operators and the government included uh, the potential to review driver CPC in their list of items which would help encourage uh, drivers back to the industry and, and help resolve driver shortage. So there was a consultation a couple of years ago, and now we have another one now where we're hoping, where, where the, the DFT hope to make some firm decisions for us. Um, I guess the other headline in terms of, again, what, what you two guys have just spoke about is inevitably, therefore, what we may end up with, we, if, if there's a change in the UK, what we're going to end up with is these two-tier system. Yeah where if you're an international operator, you will have no choice but to do what you're doing with your drivers. The drivers will have to follow the existing EU legislation covering driver CPC, which is what we're all familiar with. However, the opportunity may lie if you're a UK operator, because you could therefore take advantage of the changes that are being consulted upon. So let's, let's headline a couple of things that we do know from the consultation to open up a discussion. Uh, and I'll refer just to the national driver CPC at the moment, not the international one that we, we, t- we touched on. So, that's part of the consultation talks about having two strands to, to, a, to the change. One is about reforming the existing training. So, uh, do, we have, do we look at reconsidering the course lengths? Um, introducing more e-learning, having a, pra- a practical elements so or allowing more practical elements to the training rather than it being all classroom based. And then the other strand to the change talks about this new one idea of periodic test. So the replacement of these classroom based training courses with a periodic test. So let's add a bit of detail before we go into a discussion. Uh, In terms of the periodic test that's being uh, consulted upon, the idea is that the DVSA will develop and deliver this test, approximately 50 questions, lasting one to one and a half hours, Um, and the driver will have to complete that, and they'll have to pass that in order to uh, maintain their driver qualification. Uh, And passing would give five years of of, of the driver CPC validity. Uh, Obviously, again, to keep stressing that in in the UK only, GB only. Uh, and if the driver was unsuccessful in passing their test, the consultation proposes that there's a reset mechanism so that they can reset that. Or if they decide actually this isn't for me, they would have the option to go and yeah. go back and do clustering based training, however that looks, and it may look a little bit different in the future. Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy. With expert development for fleet leaders, we offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and Operator Licence Awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. In terms of the uh, reformation of the classroom-based training, uh, again, the, 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 what's being consulted upon is uh, the, the flexibility around it. So should it be this seven hours rigid in a classroom with a high degree of, of um of uh, scrutiny around yes. how that rigidity yes. around that is, which I know is a challenge to a it lot is. of uh, CPC trainers. Um, so should we have different minimum training lengths, more split courses, all, all of that sort of thing. So introducing more flexibility is the principle. Yes. So there we go. A, a test and different, yeah. difference in, in the way we do
0: the training so I've got, I've got an interesting question, which has arisen for me as part of this, and it diverts a little bit away, but hopefully... I, I wonder if listeners might have thought the same question. So when you have an international operator's licence, the transport manager must have an international transport Absolutely. qualification, yep. even if that operation doesn't actually utilise yep. their international qualification. I... I'm, I will make an assumption, which I'm hoping uh, for, for confirmation from you guys. I am assuming that this driver's CPC is only relevant to the driver themselves. So a national NCPC holder could still drive for an international operator... But wouldn't be able to drive abroad. Does that make does that question make sense? Because I'm not sure if I
1: don't know the answer. Um, I would be inclined to agree because the point is that it's the driver that will have their license endorsed with that with that driver Hmm. qualification. Part of the consultation, without digressing too much, is that we go away from having a DQC and there's an annotation on the card like in Europe, and I think. And, and again, I don't know the answer, but I would I would be assuming the same as you, Pete. It's the driver that's qualified. It's the driver that's yeah. qualified,
0: yeah. but then, so uh, the driver yeah. could still work for any operator, but only within the UK. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. just an interesting nuance that I don't know whether other people right. have might be of.
1: worth again as questioning. And I don't think we know the answer. But even if we're right, and it's the driver. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that there couldn't be some impact on the operator right. because we see that, don't yes. we? Yes. So it's a good question. I don't. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I worked. Uh, I was transport manager for many years for a company that held an international operators license, as many companies do. Even though I, I, I have we haven't got the I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I'm fairly certain of the uh, senior traffic commissioner's report last year. The vast majority, or a majority, of operators hold international operators licences, but. But if you compare that to the actual number of operators that go abroad, it's very small. Something like eight percent of operators mm. actually mm. physically go abroad. A lot of people hold the license mm-hmm. um, for the very, you know, for for no, for no other reason other than it's it's exactly that. Almost the, the criteria is exactly the same as a as a national operator's license. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So you know, would a driver? be able to drive, work for, uh, 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 yeah, I suppose I guess why we have a consultation.
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there initially. So let's let's address the, the, the most groundbreaking suggestion here is around the test.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, it's
0: about there being a driver's test. Yeah. So let's let's explore that pathway first, because ultimately, as James has just outlined, there are two suggested pathways, which essentially both could come into play, which is a, 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 a test. Uh, followed by a reset if there's a failure, followed by, um, or, or there could be a training option dependent. Obviously, uh, in my experience, there are a lot of drivers, there are a lot of people out there in the world that really don't like tests, mm, yeah. right? So, and, and training would be a preference for them. And and people will be listening and they'll have their own opinions on tests and whether that demonstrates knowledge, etc. Um, I find the whole concept of a test for driving quite interesting as a, as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, yeah, I, I'm i not too against it, which is quite strange because obviously we operate a training business. Yeah. So I do approach this from a slightly different different, uh, different, different angle way, yeah. where, where this My, is really going to very much upset the business plan. Yeah, I mean, um, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I recognize the challenges, but I think it's interesting that we're offering a potential test and actually... That's something that goes beyond the I, the internet uh, and international DCPC. So I've got to get my language right. Uh, It goes beyond that because actually there is no test with the international DCPC. So essentially, someone can sit for potentially can sit for seven hours and largely not engage. Potentially English as a second language. Potentially not understand a lot of the content and go through a more a greater rigmarole. This is a demonstration of knowledge, which is uh i think a positive absolutely thing. In, I, I take yeah, i take that yeah. as a positive in in thing. In, th- in theory in
2: principle te- testing is 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 uh probably long overdue in the driver cpc uh process even drivers i you know we have even drivers on on saying oh what's the point in doing this we don't even get tested you know and they're, they're, they're drivers asking for something um but my so I, yeah i like you pete i've got mixed views on it i think you know how do you how do you Ensure somebody has learnt if you're not testing them. You know, what if you went out and did a, you know, learnt to drive, but you didn't pass a driving test? It was, well, you've had some practice, it should be good enough. Um, But the trouble is, uh, a little bit like driving, you can actually be coached to pass a test. Is that knowledge or is that simply learning the questions that are likely to be asked? And I know people do this now with the driving um, hazard perception, well, not the hazard perception, but the theory test. People learn the test, and they just do practice, 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 and they're just learning the questions, and they're not learning the subject.
0: You, you and, and sorry to interject, because it's kind of your turn, James. But I'm just going to raise a point there, actually, and I, I, fully, I fully fundamentally agree with you, and I don't think my stepdaughter is going to be listening to the podcast. But I've, <laughs> I have got an exa- I've got a real yeah. life example yeah. of that. Uh, my stepdaughter Shannon had uh, done her practice tests online. I'm not convinced you'd even read the Highway Code. Hmm if that makes sense. But she's a smart girl. And She's, she's a smart questions. cookie. Uh, she has done multiple tests mm. and she passed, I think, with one question incorrect on mm. the theory test. So she passed with flying colours. But in reality, in real life, I've sat in, next to her in the car with the L plates on <laughs> and it's a very different story. <laughs> yeah. So that does come with a health warning, yeah, And I think definitely. you've raised a very interesting point yeah. there, Mike. And that is that if we are to introduce a test, I, I, I my, my input would be or my re- my request would be with that we have a very diverse set of questions yeah. which are selected at random to a point where you couldn't pre-predict you them so to speak them. I think yeah, you've, you you've can't, can't learn them you have to yeah, yeah. Yeah. you'd need you need to learn, understand the content to be able to answer them effectively I think it's probably my point sorry James Yeah
1: no I I think the discussion's going to I would say that there are two schools of thought so <laughs> You know, whatever your view on um, uh, driver CPC, I think if you've been attending good courses with good trainers, there's no doubt that the driver CPC has improved the professionalism and knowledge of our drivers on the road.
2: Absolutely. If
1: there's people who don't agree with that, then I'd even go as far to say, have you attended the right courses? Because I've seen some driver CPC courses out there which are fantastic. And undoubtedly Mm. drivers leave that experience being more knowledgeable more professional and more thoughtful better road craft uh, safer driver absolutely so the school of thought around a test is uh, will is the potential for us to lose some of that Value. are there operators yeah. out yeah. there who through because it's you know commercially mm. a, a better decision and I'm not going to pass judgment on that or because they're you know they just want to get drivers through as quickly as possible a couple of possibilities there but does that mean we could lose something in terms of that knowledge? Continuous professional development of, of, of our drivers. I think that's uh, one, one school of thought. Uh, on the other hand, as I touched on, drivers, are there are a lot of drivers out there who don't like, you know, and, and aren't, aren't, uh, aren't suited, it's not don't like, aren't suited naturally to those hours and hours in a classroom. And it might be that the reform of the classroom-based element um, gives us some better options for those drivers. So if, you, if, if we don't think, if an operator doesn't think a test is the way forward, actually, if we see some more flexibility on the classroom mechanism, that might suddenly become yeah. more attractive because, for example, instead of a driver sitting in a classroom for 35 hours or five sevens, we could say, well, actually... Why don't you do seven fives? Yeah. And those fives could be a bit of practical, a bit of e-learning. A bit of. Cla- I, I don't know what will fall out of the consultation. But if we see a real strong degree of yes. flexibility yeah. in the classroom, then I think that might encourage some operators to say, actually, I'm going to retain the value and depth of knowledge by doing the quality training. Uh, as opposed to the the, the, the test. Yes. Uh, there are a couple of schools of thought. Yeah, and, no, I'm not uh, falling absolutely. either way. But
0: I, um, I, I've got fireworks going off in my brain at the mm. minute because I've not really comprehended this before now. And uh, it's quite interesting having the conversation because my mind's going all over the place. So my next question is: is, as an industry, we're not the best at doing voluntary training. We do see, as an industry, and I'm generalising, I am generalising here, but generally speaking, as an industry, we do drive a CPC because we have to. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. So I think there will be a preference for many operators to go a test route. Okay. Mm. Now, what's going to be very interesting, i just play that forward, because I was thinking about a particular case where an operator we helped, uh, the driver was using Google Maps on his phone, and he hit a bridge. Mm. Okay it'll be very interesting to see where the burden of responsibility lies in the eyes of the traffic commissioner as to the decision-making process mm. for that driver CPC against training uh, when it comes to something, for example, like bridge strikes, where the requirement is, is that a driver will have done some training. I, I think I don't really know what my question is. Maybe it's just an observation. But I find that very interesting that a transport manager may at some point need to justify the training they're providing to their driver uh, when there's been a preference to go for a test. Mm. So the driver's passed the test, but actually their driving standard has fallen below the expectations, expectations yeah. of us. And, and actually yeah. what potential repercussions there could be around the decision-making in the business as to whether training or testing is the right route. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know the answer and I guess I'm I just speculated, but it was just where my head went really.
1: I think you're right, and what it does do, it puts the onus back on the operator, operator doesn't it? Yeah. So instead of the operator being obliged to send their drivers on this, on on the training regard, and, and you know whether they uh, choose great courses or choose perhaps mm-hmm. some that could be a bit of a tick box, um, it, it, the, the operator would. Their obligations don't change, do they, in terms of their uh, you know, obligation to make sure drivers are sufficiently oh, trained. Yeah. Yeah. So if we see a change and they, they, the, an operator says, well, I'm going to go for the test for whatever reason, that operator would probably need to be mindful that you can't end driver uh, development there. there you, no, you, if absolutely. you're going to go for the test, yeah. then a, a, an operator's going to have to be mindful that you still need to do ongoing training. That might mean... Things like bridge strikes, drivers' hours—they're going to need to yeah. maintain that training. So mm-hmm. I think it's the onus firmly sits on the operator. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I, I think, I think, I think the point, I, I, you, James, you've articulated that really well, actually. Because I think, I think where my mind sits with it is actually, I believe there is a place for the test, but I also believe that I think that then gives an op- operator the opportunity for shorter, regular bite-sized bits of driver development which potentially would suit the driver more and what i mean is let's have all the drivers in at four o'clock on friday let's get them home early mm. you know i'm thinking about the basic t- tipper operation or something like that that does day type work let's get the drivers in at four this friday we'll schedule in this year let's do six toolbox talks every two months have them in for 45 minutes to an hour where's the business at business update um these are the common infringements we've found this is the toolbox talk that we're going to do for this session and, and map out maybe five years' worth of six. All of a sudden, that's 30 bits of CPD, for example, yeah. uh, over, over the same period. And, and actually, yeah, let's get the drivers to do the test. But actually, let's make sure, because actually over that we'll time, up with they've, had, of, yeah. they've had 30 hours' worth of demonstrable yeah. training anyway, but just done it in shorter chunks, which are much more achievable. Yes. That, for me, looks like utopia in, in my head. Um, But yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it?
1: Interesting. I guess you would hope hope that good operators redirect the investment. So if there are operators, and there will be, there are lots of operators out there for whom CPC is a commercial investment as well, because they may pay their drivers to go, they may undertake the training themselves. I know that's not applicable to everybody, but where operators do that, and they therefore are already investing Mm -hmm. in their drivers in that way... You would hope that a lot of those operators make a decision to maintain that investment. If they go for a test, yeah. well, actually, how can I maintain that investment in training? But as you say, perhaps do it more effectively in, in shorter chunks, more toolbox talks, more directed training in shorter sessions. Let's, yeah, uh, hopefully, driver uh, operators would would retain that investment. That that that,
0: that is interesting. Mm. So. Sort of, we've, we've talked a bit about the test. What was the other part around the training? Because it was about a rescheduling or reshaping the regularity and number of courses, for example. So, my understanding was that it would still potentially be 35 hours, but it might be in shorter stints, for example, five hour modules, for example. Is that, yeah, is that sort that's
1: of, right. I, uh, right. I, 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 we're not going to go into all the detail on, on the podcast, but the headlines are that's, that the proposals are around changing the minimum. Um, lengths of the modules it fundamentally is seven hours right? could it be fine for example Uh, split course completion timings uh, as well, uh, e-learning so introducing those more flexibility, Um, that's what's missing at the moment flexibility is is the key Um, yeah so that's there the principles really around uh, making it a bit more driver friendly yeah,
2: uh, and and I think that's uh, that that would be a more, in terms of the driver engagement. I'm sure that that would uh, that would be a positive move. That would be a positive step towards driver engagement. If uh, you know they didn't have to sit there for for seven hours, which is which is you know the, it's it's a challenge for drivers, and it's a challenge for, for 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 the for the training companies as well and the trainers as well. It's a, it's a it's a it's a big investment, isn't it? But um, so the Around the um, the other proposals, then what, what else have we got? What what other stuff have we got uh, to to consider?
1: No, I think yeah, yeah, well, so the the other interesting elements of the pro- proposal, as as Pete uh, kicked off with, talks about changes to help returning drivers. The f- one of the focuses of, of the of the consultation, as I said earlier, is about. How can we improve the rate at which we can bring raise drag into the industry? So the the, the other elements really are are about
0: that. I think think we'll lead on to that into the next episode. Uh, One of the things I've just scrolled through and found is one of the other changes, aside from changes to the... And I'm just reading this from the consultation document. Other changes, aside from changes to the periodic renewal of the qualification, proposals have also been set out to allow the following short-term time-limited extensions to existing driver CPCs in exceptional circumstances I wonder what they would be sure so Mm. I think
1: where that comes from is um, uh, is uh, COVID COVID. so during the pandemic one of the challenges we had during the pandemic is that because Driver CPC is embedded in legislation. Yeah, government couldn't easily say, "Oh, we'll, we'll let you just carry on driving yes. for a period of time, even though your driver CPC is expired." That became yeah, yeah. very difficult. So I think that that element is about embedding in legislation some flexibility. Should if we have yeah. some industry critical event? Yeah. then yeah. we can. We it's already in the legislation it's that we lucky. can we can make an exemption for that. Just like. Um, uh, traffic commissioners can make uh, driver's hours exemptions at the drop of a hat because yeah. they're given that power in the legislation in the, yeah. so I think Absolutely. we're making provision for that I
0: think I think that, 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 that sounds like a positive
2: I move, don't think it? it would be something that would be used generally then I think it, yeah. the only the exceptional circumstances wouldn't be that you know Bob couldn't attend the last CPC course and now his card's run out. That that wouldn't be exceptional. Yeah, it's, I, that it's, would be, it's planning. cat died uh, and he
0: had the day off or yeah, something. And, yeah. and I would hope not. It yeah. should be exceptional. Um, so just just continuing that in that vein, short-term time-limited exemptions yeah. from the need for a drive to hold a valid DCPC in exceptional circumstances. These would be for drivers whose DCPCs had expired recently one one interesting thing there's there's a passage just towards the end of the document i'll read from it and i find this interesting there are also quality improvements to periodic renewal such as the continued development of suggested core content and refocus of training from prescriptive courses to outcome based learning that is the use of more informal assessment in courses These changes will be implemented and are not being consulted about within this document. Ah. Powers may also be taken. Yeah, this is really interesting. It's sort of hidden towards the end of the thing. Uh, Powers may also be taken to change who is exempted permanently from DCPC because there are some exemptions. That would be
2: that would be something that's been on the table for a long time, hasn't it? But the the
0: the department is not consulting in this document about specific proposals for this at this time. So that's a very interesting passage. And and again, another recommendation as we start to close the podcast is to really read that document because you know I've just come across that and that's actually really yeah. interesting so what they're saying is well, what I'm understanding from that is they they're not consulting on the quality improvements yeah that's going to be a given yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, they're going to they're going to be strict that's
2: really interesting because I often think um, you know I often think in terms of transport manager training um, I, I could make a judgment on somebody um, during a training uh, during the training I can make a judgment on somebody um, and, and you know my thoughts would be you know having dealt with this person having train this person for the last 10 days having asked many many open questions this person understands um and and so that is you know outcome based training would be um you know that i as as the instructor would in in much in the same way as a driving test really isn't it you know i i know that this person can 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 do the job and, and that would be interesting for driver cpc wouldn't it really that's an interesting yeah so
0: i aspect. i think i think that's really really applicable um and i think i think that's fantastic that, that there is really no need to consult on that in that they're no, saying that that, that is that is a demand you know and, yeah. and that's absolutely for me the right way for yeah. things to go um have you gents got anything to add otherwise i'm just going to let know, let people know if you're listening uh how to respond the consultation period began on the 2nd of march as we record this, we're, we're quite a way into that. And we've ne- at, at the stage of recording, we've got just over a month left to respond. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening to this, please do respond as soon as you can. Uh, please ensure that your response reaches us before the closing date of the 27th of April. Uh, electronic responses to this consultation would be preferred either by responding to the online survey. So there's a link on the, on the website I'm looking at, or you can email your response. And there are a list of questions for you to be able to do that. Uh, uh, And James, you might be able to answer this question.
2: Um, In response to these consultations, you 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 respond as an individual, but you I guess if you've got the authority, you can also respond as a as an organisation. And and I would hope that you would. You know, I I
1: think yeah, you can respond as an individual, but organisations would want to respond because the thing about an organisation is they will have some useful statistics and facts which will support their uh, feedback. You know, that's interesting. In terms of costs, in terms of benefits. uh government are interested in hearing some of that detail not yep. just well i think this is a good idea but this yeah. is the t- this is the real impact objective. on my business yeah. this is yeah. the you know whether it be positive or a commercial or whatever it is yeah. so t- i think
0: that ob- objective uh, evidence uh, yeah. is valuable. yeah that, that, that? that would be really yeah,
1: yeah uh,
2: you know that they would you know that would be valuable for the consultation so tms out there you know if if you know have a word with the with the with the md or the owners or whoever and just say look we need to respond to this and we need to respond to it as as fred blogs limited not not as me you know so absolutely
0: fantastic is there anything else anyone wants to add otherwise we'll see you on the next one around regaining the dcpc part two (laughs)
2: and i feel there could be part three and four coming
0: out but there we go (laughs) part two two in the planning for now anyway i hope you've enjoyed it and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one